welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Tonight, just me and Owen, but we're talking about something that probably doesn't get talked about a lot, and it's uh, tips for managing your collection. Uh, we're going to be talking about everything from, uh, you know, space, which is uh, uh, something that we all struggle with, caging, budgeting for your feeding, and of course, making sure that you budget for vet bills and supplies, uh, pros and cons of adding new projects, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, things that you're probably not thinking about when you're walking around a reptile show, but uh, hmm. I'm sure me and Owen have both lived making mistakes that. Uh, <laughs> We're going to hope that you don't make, but, uh, we, yeah, yeah we've kind of done both. So, and I'm like, like, you know, you're cruising at a, uh, uh, little part of the, of the season right now where, you know, animals are breeding, some animals are showing signs of being gravid and other animals like the spring breeders are just kind of coming around. So it's like, it's a lot of waiting right now. It's a lot of, it's a little, very little cleaning because a lot of animals aren't feeding. Um, but it, and it's a lot of waiting. So, uh, but you're kind of the shows are starting to pick back up again because there's a big, long uh, show like drought during the holiday season. So I think like the last show is last couple of shows are in December uh, or the beginning of December. Then there's usually like nothing from like early December throughout almost all of January, maybe one or two. Um, and then now you're starting to get closer to the end of January, February, so shows starting to pick up again. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited for that stuff. Plus, my rodent freezer needs to be refilled, so I'm also excited for that. So. Yeah, that's uh, something uh, I got to hit up to. Um, but uh, yeah, I was telling you before the show started, I'm feeling follicle growth or follicular growth mm-hmm. in. Um, and my girls, I was out, I had some of them out and then, you know, I'm still not breeding now, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's good to know that, uh, you know, things They're are looking good place. in my room. Yeah. So yeah. I'm pretty happy. Yeah. I just worry about it, you know? Good. Yeah. I just worry about, you know, I go and I put them through all that and then I get mm-hmm. slugs or I get, you know, uh, egg binding or anything like that. So I'm just going to lay low for the season and uh, next season kick it out of the park, you know? So it seems like I was telling well, you, yeah. it seems like a lot of people are laying low this season. Not it, you though. It seems a lot of people, oh, of course. <laughs> um, it seems like a lot of people are kind of dialing down a little bit. Uh, maybe only doing a few choice pairings, um, something like that. And a lot of people are actually trying to give a shot to a lot of their miscellaneous projects which is always cool, but, um, you know, and uh, I'm also pretty sure that a lot of people just aren't taking pictures of whatever it is they're doing. So that's, there's usually like two or three clutches that somebody will post up and I'll be like, I didn't know you were doing that. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was chucking them together this year. So, I mean, there's all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, So, what's have you seen? Are you are you seeing good, good, good locks and stuff like that, or what? 
I am seeing great locks from a lot of carp pairings. Um, nothing from the white lips, but the female is shed. She bit me on my fingers the other day, and so I'm not real happy with her. Um, <laughs> the, no idea what the olives are doing. Uh, the woman, like the woman, like I said, he keeps trying to breed her like face. So I don't know if that's working out or if you'll figure that out eventually. Uh, none of my king snakes have killed each other, and the corn snakes are being corn snakes. And as far as the other projects, I've got blood over at Matt's. I got an IG with Valen, and I got a Maclus down to Florida. So, oh man, just spread out all over the place. Wow. <clears throat> I am. I'm everywhere. So if now it, it, we, every year we say that of like the not everyone's going to go, but I'm starting to do numbers on pairs that have lots from some potentials, and it's like, oh, shit. So um, maybe asking people for baby racks if they have them. So we'll see how this goes. Um, but, what are you, um, you going to do, a GoFundMe for baby racks? or no, <laughs> what do you mean you're going to have them over your house. Oh, okay. You didn't leave. <laughs> Take care of my babies. It's like, yeah, okay. I must leave. So you have to do That's it my cool. way, though. You have to feed them like crazy and, you know. Hey, man, provide the food, and I'll do it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the downside. Yes. Uh, but, you know, cool. it's, uh, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm kind of hoping uh, the pairs I really wanted to see look like they're progressing. My super caramel girl shed, and she had a uh, um, one of those plugs in her uh, uh, shed, which is perfect, which means the male was getting in there. So, and he's a young boy. So I'm concerned. Was concerned about them. So um, hopefully that works out. And then I really want to have the uh, caramel jag to the caramel tiger too. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and then I have the granite going to the Lenky Line Coastal. Uh, yeah, cobra food. <laughs> God, goddamn right. <laughs> Do you have blackheads I don't know about, or is white lips now eat uh, olive python? I mean, they'll eat it. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I'll have monitors again. The um, uh, funny story. I, I don't think, and I and I showed you the pictures. Um, yes. So I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to go to work, and I'm walking in my living room where I keep a pair of uh, Nile monitors that were probably slated to go back to Andrew, who owns them. Uh, should have gone back probably about a month ago because they were getting pretty big and uh, getting pretty protective of each other and, you know, honoring. So I'm walking past the tank on my way to the door when the male Nile swings his tail around and hits the door. Now, the door doesn't shatter, but what happens is that the track pops out of the bottom, sending the door crashing to the ground where it shatters. So there's now no door because those were custom pieces of cut glass and two lizards looking at the door going, huh, now what? So it's it's one of those I have to stop, throw on these big-ass lizard handling gloves all the time (laughs) in work work clothes, try to figure out how I don't want to get my clothes shredded or bleed, and I have to grab the two lizards and throw them in a bin and then go to work. So the next day I go and I, you know, cause they're going to be in the bin and Andrew couldn't come up immediately. So we're going to, you know, next day I'll swing by your place. So next day 
I'm getting ready to go down to Andrew's place and drop a blizzard. So I go, they've been hanging out down in the bar area near the gear. So I mm-hmm. open the bin lid, and it's empty. So that one brilliant went up, there are two lizards loose somewhere in my house. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, no. So I found them both. They were okay. settled up together underneath the bar. So then I took about an hour and a half removing them from the bar, which wasn't easy, got them into the bin, taped the damn bin shut, then zip-tied the bin shut, then carted them down to Andrew's place. Don't want lizards anymore, dude. They got, like, hands <laughs> and are hard to figure out. Like, no more freaking monitors. So. Yeah, screw that, that was, man. Yeah, no, dude, no. Uh-huh. Poison dart frogs to the living room tank. They 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 <laughs> couldn't possibly do anything that horrible. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, the dark cool frogs are loose. <laughs> don't exactly. lick them. Don't awesome. lick them. Yeah, Zero, what are you doing? <laughs> oh well, no, then then they might be doing me a favor. But I mean, you know, fine. Oh man, that's crazy, man. You're lucky you didn't uh, like uh, loot. Like they didn't like. I don't know. Get in your walls or some shit like that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that, I. Uh, I don't know what, I mean, like, that would have been just the last thing to do. It's like, oh, shit, they're heading in the walls. Unfortunately, I'm going to wheel the snake out and uh, call an exterminator. So, but the last thing I need is for me to get over to the neighbor's side of the house, because we live in a connected twin, and uh, I don't think they would appreciate it very much if a lizard the size of their dog crawled out of one of the vents or something like that. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know if I, I ever told the story. Know it was me. I don't know if I ever told the story when I was young. Um, mm. I I went and bought these uh, royal pythons and um, I set them up in the tank. And I think you know this is back in the times when you put like the books or the bricks on top of the t- on top of the tank. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good enough. <laughs> no. Well, one got out and it was when I was, I was in a row home in um, uh, Philly, right? And if, if you have any idea of what the row home looks like, they're like, the walls are connected. So what had happened is um, my dad was redoing our middle room and like there was a space in between like the, uh, what would you call that? The molding and the floor. So you could actually yeah. get down underneath the floor. So it did. Yeah. I like, I had a, a, uh, I had a, a mirror and a flashlight and I could see it all the way over on the other side of the house. So I'd have to rip up the floor in order to get the snake. Well, needless to say that my dad wasn't going for that. So he's like, Oh, you'll find it. <clears throat> Um, you'll find it. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll wait, we'll wait. And then, you know, uh, I never heard from the snake. I never heard from it. I never, <laughs> never saw the snake again. Um, I didn't see it. I'm like, oh, where the hell is it at? You know, and then six months go by. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, one day I come up into uh, into my bedroom. I open up the closet door 
And sure enough, this ball python keeps, you know, comes slithering out from my closet. And I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm like, what the holy hell? I couldn't believe that it lived that long. But it did. It survived six months. I guess it was eating mice or, I, I don't know, rats. Who knows, you know? But or maybe it hibernated. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. But Well, same thing kind of happened when I was at college. Uh, one of my king snakes got loose in the dorm and went into like somebody else's um, mm-hmm. room. And the the person that they happened to go into was a friend of mine. But the problem is that the snake popped into the room when the RAs were there. So of course everyone panics and they go get the snake guy who lives in the building. And they're like, you know what kind of snake this is? I'm like, it's a wild one. So and I had to convince everybody that it was like a garter snake. They're like, we should release it outside. I'm like, I'll do it by myself. No one else needs to come. So, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, black and white king snake. Native. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Don't yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, didn't but, you know uh, that? So. But, yeah. Uh, not, you know, one thing I did want to mention <clears throat> I was uh I was talking to Rob and he was uh we were talking about um uh Dave D's uh website which by the way mm. if you've never been to it um it's uh vibrantveritas.com um right not to mention his chondros are off the hook are crazy but did you see uh, now I could be wrong but I'm looking at the like his on his website where he has like the clutches that he that he hatched, he has his pair of rough scales. Uh, let's see, yep. rough scales from TPF and BMM. If you look at yeah. what I think is the female, um, she has like this reduced pattern at her neck. But then if you look yeah. down at the uh, the offspring, there's some like uh, striping going on and stuff. Does yours have anything like that? My girl is from Dave D. And okay. no. <laughs> no. So, no. Ooh. No striping. Striped rough scales. Stop it. All right. Stop <laughs> it. No. All right. I'm serious, man. So, you should see. <clears throat> I, I'm looking. Listen, do you think I haven't looked at all the rough scales <laughs> that are available on Dave D? So, like, I don't know. Who do you think you're talking to? Yeah. All right. So, especially since. Matt Atola got his, so you know, because now I'm like, there's another one closer, so you know, that's the last thing I needed for there. Um, but I, uh, there's that one girl in the middle, um, and she's got that, like, she's got a little stripe in one area, and kind of like a zigzag chain thing, and I'm like, oh, I, you'd be the one I'd pick, so. Oh Sorry, yeah. Okay. Scale. So yeah, you're looking at the um at the what do you call it? You're looking at the uh availability page. But if you go to the clutches yeah. page, right? And then you you scroll down and you look at uh-huh. the actual pairing that he did. Look at the so there's six total. But if you look at the middle bottom one, look at like mm-hmm. the reduced pattern along the back. I bet you you could selectively breed for that. You should you buy them get, for me so I can selectively breed for that. I bet you could. 
I wonder if Matt got one like that. I bet you did. He's a striped guy. You know what I mean? He probably got it from the – well, even then, he probably got it from the same pairing. I should take his female and my female. Oh, shit. Well, um, all right, we need a boy. Right, go buy a boy. <laughs> this is where I come in, right? This is where I come in, yeah. Um, but I would uh, – we've seen a picture of one rough scale that I'd like. Um, one and done kind of a deal of that little guy. And that was, I think, a couple months ago, almost summertime. So, right. I'm losing you. I'm losing you. Again? Yeah. I should stop moving. So, yeah. I would love to see how that one progressed. But I would also like to see, because obviously the first thing that happens with morphs is something tiny, like a stripe or a reduced pattern. And then you start seeing maybe some other variation. And there's not that big of a gene pool with rough scales to begin with. So if something were to pop up like stripes, I imagine they would start popping up more and more and more. And you could selectively breed, and then you could get some really nice ones out of there. So, of course, I don't care. I'll take any rough scale that I can get my hands on. So <laughs> um, striped, non-striped, I don't give a shit. Give them to me. So I should probably call Dave. I gotta wait till March. Gotta wait till March. Dave, I will call you in March. (laughs) Holy shit, man. His chondros are off the hook too. I'm just scrolling down here. Jesus. There was that that one he won the one uh chondro thing uh the one calendar year. And I'm not and I I I don't want to speak for Dave, but I thought that I think that animal passed, but the other ones he's got are just gorgeous. Yeah, you should those, t- like. I don't know. Just, I mean, I, I, I personally think you know, Bill Stegel should like steal one of these curls for this sickness, but. Yeah, I mean, he has like, I mean, I'm just scrolling through like, he's got pretty much every base covered. He's got a top-notch yeah. collection, man. Well, Mike phase, like green, every, yellow, yeah. tricolor, uh, you know. Melanistic. Uh, melanistic, light blue, uh, you know, green. <laughs> and, and the green. The, 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 green. The disgusting <laughs> part is that every female that he has, he has a male that almost perfectly complements it. And it's just like, well, shit. It's like any one of these animals would be like the pride of someone's collection, and he's yeah. got like two of them. So it's like he's got he's got one point one of it. It's like God damn it. So so yeah, <clears throat> that's a perfect segue into uh, our topic. I mean, when you're setting up your collection, you know what I mean. Uh, sometimes people mm-hmm. just buy on a whim. I don't think that Dave is buying anything on a whim, or he's just extremely lucky. But uh, he, no, you can't be that lucky. He's like, he's like I just bought a bin of, I bought a bin of red ones. Bullshit. It's like you cannot be that lucky. Uh, but yeah. So I mean, and then if you go, just one more thing. I know we're spending a lot of time on the, on his website. That's cool because Dave's a good guy. Um, yeah, look at I, I, we're giving we're huge plugs to Dave D again. I mean, like you know, at this point, I think I've earned a free rough ski. Dave, I will say 
my shipping information. No, you have my information. Just do it again. I'm good. More rough scales at the office. Yeah. I do like I do like a couple things that I'm going to mention that I think is uh, very impressive. Um, one, yeah. he's got mm-hmm. um, like the pairings, the parents next to each other. You can just click right. on the little thing that says download pedigree, and you can download the pedigree. Then it has Which each individual awesome. in, individual animal from the clutch. But then if you scroll down even more, he's got the hatchling pictures. Which I and then yeah. twelve twelve months, yeah. You know what I mean. So you can see like what the progression is of that animal and see how it turned out. Which which is pretty awesome if you're kind of new into uh, into chondros because you know you can you can kind of get that was always my thing. I could never figure out like, well, what is this going to look like when it gets older? You know what I mean? It's just like taking a <laughs> taking a shot, but why? Why I hate chondros. Like it's red and yellow. I'm like, well, tell me what it's gonna look like. It could be green. Like, but um, I don't. But I thought we bred like two blue ones together. Nope. What? It, yeah. So it's as much as I love, and it's not that much. Um, as much as I kind of like chondros, and I, I can I can recognize an absolutely gorgeous chondro, and I can appreciate it. It's imagine just pure frustration with breeding them and uh mm-hmm. I'd want to know that I was getting I lost you uh, are you moving around damn it stay no, still, still man <laughs> I am sitting still freeze god damn it I'll just calmly not try uh anyway. okay um all right so yeah, so let's 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 jump into our uh into our thing. Budgeting your collection. You know, I don't know. What do you think of when you think of budgeting your collection? What's your thoughts? I think what everybody thinks is that how much money am I gonna spend on? How much money you're gonna spend on it's like I need to bucks for my brand new snake and that's where they stop it's like but yeah the snake costs 200 bucks but now there are other things you need to consider here that other costs i think i lost you again hello are you there owen <laughs> what you're back <laughs> swear to christ I'm not even moving. It's just not fair. But what I was saying, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can hear you. Good. All right. Is that people tend to think that the budget for their animal is how much the animal costs. Mm -hmm. They don't take into consideration what it costs to house the animal, that now that's an increase in your food bill. Now that's a cage you have to keep plugged in. Now that's, you know, a water bowl and a hide box, and that's even added. It's it's a, a lot of things you need to take into consideration. A lot of people tend to. It's their idea of a budget is I got 200 bucks to spend on a snake. That's my budget. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, 
I think that uh, when you're when you have a when you want to have, so I guess we'll approach it. I'll talk from my perspective, and I think I've said this before, but um, when I first started out, I kind of just was buying things, um, just willy nilly. You know, I went to somewhere, I saw something cool, I I, I would buy it, see if I you know see if I liked it, and um, you know that way of doing things. Um, is not going to get you, in my opinion, is not going to get you like to the top of either a particular, you know, species or a particular morph type of thing, or, um, you know, you really have to have kind of a focus uh, somewhat. That doesn't mean that you can't work with other things, but um, I just think that, uh, you know, when you're just buying stuff willy-nilly, your collection is kind of like a, uh, just like a, it's just like a, a mismatch. You know what I mean? Like a, mm. it's, just, it's just like all over the place. There's no direction. Um, but I mean, if you're keeping pets, that's cool. So really, I would say, like when you're trying to put together your collection, I, I would think that you kind of have to ha- you kind of have to figure out what you want to do. Where do you want to go? Do you want to be a full time breeder? Do you want to just do this for fun? Uh, do you want a couple pets and see if they breed? And maybe you'll you'll, you'll produce a clutch and you can buy food off of that. Uh, maybe you don't want to breed at all. Maybe you just want to keep some stuff. And if that's if that's your prerogative, then you know that's cool too. Um, but Right. When you're trying when you're trying to manage a big collection like that, you sort of have to sit down and number one, try to figure out, you know, like what direction do you want to go? Um, for me, mm. I always wanted to do something that was not quite where I would be full time, but something that I could do, um, you know, that I, I because I just really wanted to work with as many types of carpet pythons as I could. So you know, trying to figure out what do I need to, to put together this type of, of collection. I think the mistake that I made, especially early on, which I'm going through sort of like weeding out stuff, so to speak now, is that I never made the cut on animals. Um, right. So there has to be a, a point where you say, and this is part of budgeting it, you know, budgeting for room, budgeting for, uh, you know, the food bill. Uh, that's kind of mm. important. Um, you know, you got thermostats, you got, <laughs> you got water bowls, you got, yeah, uh, uh, you know, the water bowls. <laughs> yeah. I got to throw that in there. Well, this, this um, thing is, the thing is you don't realize, and I think it's even harder to budget it when you're an established keeper of multiple animals because I don't know about you, but I look at a snake and I go, I got an empty bin somewhere. So it's like, grab it. It's like, now I'm not taking into consideration caging or anything like that. I know I have a bin. I know I got a hide box somewhere that will fit in the bin. And I know I got a, you know, a water bowl that will fit in the bin. So now I've taken away from that whole thing of adding to that snake's budget. So I don't know if it's a good thing because every once in a while I go over it where uh, I recently purchased a bunch of baby tiger carpets from Kyle. Mm -hmm. And I went over my budget when it came to baby snake food 
because all of a sudden I'm cruising and I got plenty of food for all my little guys. And I just added like 15, 14 more babies. And now I'm like, Oh crap. All my bags are empty. I had to go and buy like a bunch of emergency bags of hoppers and fuzzies. So something else I didn't think about. Yeah. You know, and, and then the other thing, you know, I guess as far as like when it comes to space, it's real easy to keep baby snakes, you know, whether it be carpets or whatever it would be, um, you know, but eventually they grow up and you're going to have to have caging for them as adults. So if you, you're not going to be able to fit, you know, I'll just throw a number out there, a hundred baby carpets in the same space as what you would put a hundred adult carpets. So no. you have to, you have to kind of think about that, you know, um, you do. And you got to consider that where it's like, even when it comes to, and it's like people even talk about that, uh, animals you breed, they still have a budget on them too, because now holding it back or keeping it is adding to the bottom line. And now you've got to grow that animal all the way up from baby to adult where you have to, you know, move it through all the cages where maybe you have plenty of baby racks uh, or baby rack space, but maybe you're totally full on your 32 quart rack. So you got to try to figure out what to do with it. If it gets a little bit too big for the baby bin, you have to shift around some other animals from your 32. Um, you have to set it up in a, in a juvenile cage and then shift it over to an adult cage. So it's, 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 it's all these other factors do come into play. Yeah. When I, when I was sort of trying to figure out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go, um, mm. one of the things I did is I sat down and I, I, I envisioned what the reptile room I was going to have was going to look like, you know, and what size it was going to be. And, um, my, my hope was that eventually I would be able to move into that. And, um, you know, at my, at my old place, I definitely was like growing stuff up and, uh, you know, if I would have had them as adults, they, they would have not fit in that space. No, Um, no, 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 no. But I knew that I would be eventually moving, so I knew that, you know, this is what I envisioned. Um, but I I kind of had an idea of how many IJs I wanted to have, how many coastals I wanted to have, how many jungles I wanted to have, you know what I mean? And, and it, this is what I'm going to work with, and this is what I'm going to have, and this is going to be my group, and I'm going to try right. to breed for for this. And, I mean, you just look at – I mean – just look at jungle carpets, right? I mean, you have so many different looks and so many different directions that you could go and you have, you know, well, let's look at it. You have, you know, your classic yellow and black, uh, jungle, uh, where the Mm. black is jet black and the yellow is bright yellow. Then you have some that have like this banana type of yellow look where it's a lighter yellow. Um, then you have some that have tipping in, in it. Uh, then you have some that, you know, um, they're like uh reduced pattern where it's like uh 60, 30, you know, real, a whole lot of yellow reduced black. You have some that are striped. So you can't, I guess what I'm saying is you kind of got to figure out what you want. And then you sort of right. have to like figure out like, you know, if you're going to breed, what are you trying? What do you, what's your, this is the one thing that, that I kind of see with people is that they have no, they have no, uh, 
what's the word? Uh, vision. <laughs> when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know what I mean? Like they'll look at a snake and like, just like we were just talking about the rough scales. I mean, here you go. You see a little bit, um, you know, a little bit of a, a stripe or a little bit of a reduced pattern in the side. And if you just look at what, you know, like tiger carpets used to look like or striped carpets used to, you know what I mean? You can see that if you, if you just keep putting one-to-one, you're probably going to at least hopefully, you know, you're going to see, start to see, you know, a reduced pattern or maybe a stripe will pop up and, you know, you're going to breed for that more and more. Um, So, if that's, if that's the route you're going to go, then, you know, obviously, um, you want to, you want to get an animal that fits into that, into that, into that project. Um, right. you want to go buy one that has heavy banding, you know what I mean? No, that would be stupid. Uh, but, right. but the thing is that, and, and, and I know that everybody has fallen into those pitfalls of once you get involved with a species and you love it, you're like, uh, I, I'm pretty sure at one point I went and bought every carpet python I could get my hands on at a reptile show. You know, I didn't care what the hell it was. It was, you know, oh, this is awesome. This is exactly what oh, I yeah. need for this project. And then you sit you sit back and you're like, I do not need this. And why do I have this? I mean, the first breeding I ever did was a coastal jungle crossed with the coastal. And I'm like, why did I do that? It's like he, everything that's special about him is now lost in this animal and I got a bunch of babies that are ugly, so it's it it didn't make any sense. So I had to get I got rid of the animal, but yeah, what I find is that people don't have the um other part of the vision where it's like, all right, I'm gonna breed, I'm gonna breed these animals. So your first thing you should probably do is once you decide that you're gonna breed the animals, and I'm assuming you already have your adult animals set up properly right is start making provisions for the babies you know buy the baby rack you know get the baby food like get ready for success even if you don't have it your first season you know don't be the dumbass who gets the eggs and goes oh shit and has to either build something stupid that doesn't really function and doesn't really help you out with uh your animals or uh you know it, could be more harmful than good, which is what I ended up doing, or um, you know the the or not even having anything, having them like I don't know in shoe boxes on the ground with like books on top of them. It's like just you know take the next step, go get the baby racks and do it properly. Yeah, and I I guess. I think we've probably all done those things, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. Guilty of it as well, so it's but not like... Well, we're trying to save you people from our yes. mistakes. <laughs> Correct. Don't do what we did is what we're saying. Yes, 100%. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I guess when it comes to space, just like you're saying, you know, you have to think about, especially if you're going into breeding, and you're going to breed, you know, it seems like you should have some, some, some thoughts about, you know, how many babies do you think you're going to have? And do you have enough, you know, racks to set the, you know, tubs to set these guys up when they do hatch out. And, you know, it could be very stressful when you don't, you know, I, I, I overshot my target 
And like, you know, it's like, oh shit, I got to buy, I got to buy a rack. It's so much, so, so much better now that I have those racks and everything is good. And you know what I mean? It's just like, but when you don't have it, you're like, you're constantly stressed and you're, um, am I doing the right thing? These babies going to be okay. Blah, 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 blah. And, And you know, they're fine. They're eating, shedding, everything is good, but I don't know. It's, I think it's just a mental thing for me personally. Of course. Um, of course it is. <clears throat> but uh it's it it's like you got to you got to it, it, obviously if you're going to attempt to do something, you know, prepare. So obviously when it comes to and that's the other thing is you got to budget for it. Is you know, I'm going to uh take these animals and I'm going to breed them and you're not considering the fact is that you could have close to 30 new animals that now need your attention that sometimes may not take the food as quickly as you'd like and may take other attention. Um, You could have some issues that may require a vet. I mean, breeding, deciding to breed is probably the most expensive thing you could possibly do with a snake collection because Mm -hmm. it's going to lead to uh, more food. It's going to lead to the potential vet situations at the field. Uh, it's going to lead to uh, cages to house tiny little ones. You're just taking them as pets. You have mm-hmm. maybe one one 10-gallon tank, one 20-gallon tank, and one 40-gallon tank. And then, you know, that's just where you go. And depending on who's where or who's big enough for what, you know, that's it. But if you're going to breed, you need multiple housings of the same thing, which is another kind of expense so it, it's one of those things of don't ever I would like to see some people kind of take it a little bit more I don't want to say serious but not of the you know I'm going to put these two snakes and put them together and see what I get hooray you know yeah. and that's like and they've never bred these animals before nope you know I'm picking up these pair and we're going to give it a shot it's like I understand I'll do that I, I um Sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing. It's <laughs> you just shot out. You're going in and out, and all I heard is I. Sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, that was. I'll I'll stand. Sometimes I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but okay. it's fine. But it, it's something to kind of to to consider where you could potentially totally end up wrecking your animals if you're not doing it, if you're not taking it seriously. So, yeah, I think, you know, and this is kind of just like jumping the gun a little bit, but something that people need to think about, like, so for myself, I have a little, you know, going into the breeding season, um, I have a little stash that I keep. Um, I try to keep at least like 400, 500 bucks in that stash. Um, basically what I do is when I sold snakes, I just kind of leave it in my PayPal account and kind of forget about it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so that way, you know, if I need uh, money, I can just transfer it over, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I think one of the things that I learned the hard way is that when you're going into breeding, um, the you're, you're, you're really putting this animal in a situation where you're, you're stressing it out. 
which leads yep. to respiratory infections, which can lead to all kinds of problems. Um, you know, you're dropping temperatures, all these different things come into play. You're, you're introducing, uh, you know, two snakes together, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, then, you know, let's just say that that all went well. Then you also have the, uh, the whole thing of, um, you know, if the female is egg bound, you know, I've had that mm. problem. Uh, I know so you've I- had that problem. We've had to take our animals yeah. to the vet, which isn't cheap. But no, you know, you, you're trying to save your breeder animal, um, and you know sometimes it, it doesn't work out, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, sometimes it does. You know, sometimes things aren't as serious. So I've had I remember the the year that I had that Carmel girl um, that I bred, probably bred her too small, um, mm. and uh, she she bound up. <laughs> Luckily. You know, the egg was by the vent, so it was it was relatively simple to palpate it out. Um, I had that last year again uh, where I had a coastal girl uh, for whatever reason. Right. The eggs, and again, this is, this is just a fluke, I think. It was just the eggs got twisted up, you know, so one got stuck. That can and, happen. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it, and it created a problem. Luckily I was able to get them out, but with poison Ivy, I wasn't, I had to take her to the vet. You know, I think that ended up costing me probably 300 bucks. And then she died the next day. So, you know, these are things that, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be prepared for. You can't, you can't be the waiting because especially with egg binding, you'll, you'll agree. I would, I would think that, you know, how fast you react to that, is can be life or death for the animal and the eggs. It it really can, and uh, unfortunately, sometimes the binding leads to other complications like impactions and then ruptures internally, which you know it doesn't matter at that point um, because the, the, she's she's gone. I mean, once she gets systemic, it's pretty much over. But if you notice a bind or something like that, the quicker you do get them to the vet and it can be diagnosed and treated, the better it is. I had a jungle last season that uh, pretty sure was gravid. I was going to lay some eggs. She laid a few slugs and then stopped. And she had the a slug that was probably the equivalent of like three eggs that were all like tied. It looked like a blackhead egg coming out of her. It was ridiculous. But that one was at the vent and couldn't get through. So go to the vet. The vet sees this. The vet drains the big slug. And then she's able to push it out. And then all the other slugs came out after, which is fine. Now she's totally good. Um, I'm a little worried about breeding her this year. But, you know, that was a couple hundred bucks. And that was a trip to a vet um, where if I just kind of not – really thought about it or um or if i didn't even have the extra couple hundred bucks that i know i'm going to need uh usually for vet visits or something else every year um i uh it could have been it could have been it could have cost the animal their life i mean uh usually like you said i have a little bit of a nest egg squirreled away of money Mm -hmm. of a just in case for uh snakes when it comes to vet stuff but 
you know, there's some years where I don't even touch it because nobody gets sick or nothing happens. Sure. But, you know, yeah. yeah. But it's good to have. Yeah, because you never know <clears throat> what's, uh, you know, what can happen. We're dealing with living things, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's just part of it. Um, you know, and then you got to think about, I mean, we touched on this a little bit, but caging, um, as far as, you know, caging is, can be, can be pretty expensive. Um, uh, when I redid my room in Jenkintown mm-hmm. at my mother's place, mm-hmm. it was $10,000. Yeah. That's expensive. For, <laughs> yeah, it was for, it was, that was for 10 four footers, 10 three footers, um, all my heat panels and a few herbs that fours. Yeah. And I have since <clears throat> expanded, but yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about also, um, you know, the part of it as far as uh, if you're not smart about your caging, you know, mm. then you're going to end up spending even more money because if you move from one to the other to the other, you're going to have like, you know, you're going to have this small rack and then you're going to have a, you know, what, like a two foot and then a three foot and then a right. four, you know what I mean? Right. Whereas like you have to make, you have to be smart about how you're going to, you know, what kind of caging you're going to use and how that animal is going to grow and where ultimately that animal is going to end up. I mean, I don't know, maybe I just overthink shit, but you know, those are things no, that I, I've thought about way before, you know, which is good because you're exactly correct. Cause when I started, I'm like, it, it's gotta be cheaper to just go and find cages on like Craigslist and stuff like that. And then I'll keep those, which you're buying secondhand cages that have already been beat up, worn down, smashed up, and you're trying to last them a bit longer. So of course you have to like repair them a little bit and kind of limp them along for a while. And if I had realized what cages I wanted and begun purchasing them when I needed them, even if I only needed like three or four here or there as I was slowly building the collection, then eventually everything would have fit into place and I wouldn't have had to have that $10,000 retrofit that I needed to do when all my melamine cages fell apart and, uh, you know, all that shit happened. So, you know, if you're thinking you're going to do PVC cages, find a company you like, and, you know, if I need a cage, buy the cage. Just just go ahead and buy the cage. Just work on it. If you want animal plastics, start, even if you only have two snakes, buy two animal plastics, and then this way everybody will fit into place and everything will fit all nice and uniform, and you only have to buy a cage once. That, like, three times like I did. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, it does. It doesn't really make a difference to who you use or mm-hmm. which company you use. But I'm just going to say, like with animal plastics, the other thing you have to think about is they have sort of a a slower t- turnaround time. The so, lag time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, just... um, Andrew, Andrew, and his friend Nate got a Burmese python. And okay. Ordered the boa file three footer. Okay. For it, it was a sm- It was a juvenile. So they got it, and then, of course, they fed it, and they fed it like two monitor guys feed a Burmese python where, you know, every day they're down there dealing with monitor stuff, but, oh, the snake looks hungry, so they chuck it something. So it grew pretty damn quick. So by the time the three-footer was finally shipped to them, 
the Burmese python was too big for the cage. It would probably made a great hide box for it. Oh, shit. Wow. So, so they're there, and they're like, shit. So they had to – they talked about – they talked to the company, and, of course, they're like, listen, this is what's going on. This is what happened. So they were able to return the three-footer for uh, a six-footer. But then now they have a new problem. They don't. What's they still that? don't have a freaking cage for the Burmese python. Ah, oh, gotcha. So they ended up just having to go build one for it. And at that point, they built a six-footer, and they canceled the order with Boafile because it's like, listen, you know, we're just going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's where it was. But there's the funniest shit in the world. They're like, it doesn't fit in the cage. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> leave it. Which to, is why I would to the monitor know, guys, right? <laughs> monitor people. But yeah. which is, I would suggest that if you're going to get caging, and go to a show where you know the guys who build the cages are going to be. Look at the cages, and a lot of time they have models right there that you can buy. Yeah, like they have ones right there. Like we 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 went to when we went to Tinley. What is it? Matt had made, obviously, uh, orders with Animal Plastics and with, um, oh, my God, where the hell did we get our racks from? Why can't I think of that right now? Is that? Um, what? Oh, oh you uh, mean? The, uh, the 20 serpents, uh, right? Um, sea serpents. Is it sea serpents? Yeah, sea serpents, sea right. Serpents, yeah. He'd also talk, yes, yeah, he'd talk with him, too. So Matt was ready to roll. You and I just walked up and bought two floor models because we're like, all right, cool, we need these. So... That would be where I would suggest to go, you know, just go to a show. If you need a – if you know you're going to need a four-foot uh, animal plastic-like cage or if you go to a show where they uh, – because my guys, um, Evolution Reptiles, they come to Hamburg and a few other shows in this area. So if I ever need a cage, I know I'm just going to buy it from them and see them at, like, Hamburg. So go and buy the cage, and then that's just where I would end up just buying cages for the rest of my life. If I could re- redo everything, and... yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a perfect example. Matt was real smart. He 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 uh, was going to pick it up there. We had a bigger U-Haul, and we saved a bunch on shipping. You know, so if you can do things like that, then you know that's every every little thing counts. I mean, sure, and, you're going to save money. And it, exactly. And like I said, buying a cage once is now it's a done. Click check. Um, and now I never need to buy that cage again. Like probably spent a couple hundred dollars on all those melamine cages. And I probably spent a couple hundred dollars building my first baby rack that was trash. And I probably spent a couple hundred dollars on every other little cage that I plugged in there from Craigslist where if I had just gone and found a company that I liked, I did all of that. Right. So. Yeah, and uh <clears throat> you know when 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 you're trying to budget, you know, if you save a couple hundred bucks on the cage, then you know, you can throw that towards food or, you know, who knows, yeah. you can even throw that towards an animal if there's something specific that you wanted or, you know what I mean? Um but right. uh you know, I I I guess I guess that, you know, when it comes to that, you just got to, you got to do your research. You got to be smart about it. You got to know what the size of the animal is going to be. Obviously you don't go and buy three foot 
cages if you're going to have bar neck scrubs. That's not going to work out Why? too well what, for you. What could, what could happen? It, it <laughs> yeah. Sounds perfect to me. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and, and, you know, then that's not even taken into consideration the heat, how you're going to heat it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. you got a budget for your electric bill. You got to think about how much is the electric going to go up that, you know, due to this, if you're running a big reptile room, it's going to, it's going to pump up your, uh, your electric I, bill a little bit. I am. It is. I am so glad I moved out here Yeah. because, uh, the electric bill that I was contributing to back at my mother's place was probably close to somewhere in the fives um, with all shit. that stuff. I know. Then being out here, it's like a hundred something dollars a month. So, yeah. That's well, like, and I'm like, really? So whatever. Well, here's, here's something you have to think about. Um, I could be wrong on this. Uh, but I'm pretty sure because I, I don't have like radiant heat panels and stuff. But aren't they more efficient uh, when it comes yeah. to uh, the heat? So, you know, if you have higher well, end equipment, it's going to it's probably save you, you know, in the well, long term. Not, not just the panels because the panels are more efficient but they're being run by the herb stats, which are even more efficient because you can set them to proportional control. It used to be the, uh, the stats I used to have were click on, heat, click off, click on, heat, click off. And with these guys, it will only give a certain amount of power to the panel to a certain point. You can see the percentages of power that it's being given for appropriate temp, and then it'll turn off. Uh, so it keeps control of everything. And, a good thing about panels is that they're meant they're designed to be on the roofs or backs of cages that are in stacks so that the the panels will each other so that uh the, the ceiling of one cage is actually kind of heating the floor a cage above it that's why you should always have your panels all on the same sides i didn't do that because i'm stupid but um that's the way you should do it this way it, it, the the probe picks up the heat and it'll click off the stat rather than just having everything kind of keep running and cooking. So, but that's the whole point there. Okay, we got a uh, yeah, we have a, uh, a what a caller a caller. Um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Say the number. No, it's not Jim. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, all right, I can breathe. Uh, <laughs> so. It's not Jim. Um, I was concerned. It's Evan, but I have to figure out what his oh. name is. Yeah, Evan had a situation. Well, that's probably maybe one he wants to talk about, but uh, with his uh, with his chondro. So as soon as he tells me what area code he is, I will click on. Um, because none of the numbers that he gave me are matching up. Oh wait, yeah, I think this is it. How can he not? How can none of the numbers be matching matching up? He's got a new number or something. Uh, it doesn't matter. What's so your phone number? Two one five. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, why uh, are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, sometimes people don't know their cell numbers because you just push a button. How could you not you know your cell number? 
I don't, I'm just a, no, I don't we're not, no, we're not going to get into this. No, we're not going to get into this fight. <laughs> this is a All fight right, where okay. you wind up insulting half our audience and, you know, yeah. they come back and ruin my life. So, Hey, Evan, is that you? That's me. What's going on, guys? Hey, how you doing, man? Not much. I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm, you know, stressing out a little bit, you know, listening to you guys talk about the, the vets and everything and planning for, uh, you know, everything that's going on. Of course, if you've seen what's going on with me, my <laughs> chondro, she dropped her egg early. Like, she mm. had her pre-laid shed and then five days later dropped five eggs and two slugs. And then there's still some eggs in her. So took her to the vet, gave her uh, th- three shots. And waited till basically tonight to see what would happen. They're not out, so she has a vet visit in the morning, and it is imperative yeah. for everybody to plan to, to to plan for you know vets. And something that I don't think a lot of people think about is finding a good quality vet that handles reptiles because that's not easy, you know. And no. No. thanks to Bill, you know, Bill directed me to a very good vet who deals. You know, a lot with GTPs, he's got one, so it's made my situation a lot easier, but it's still, it's just so stressful, and, you know, I'm over here getting stuff ready, I got the baby rack, I'm ordering baby purchase, everything else, you know, I'm getting stuff ready, except for vet, you know, it was almost like the furthest mm-hmm. thing from my mind until vet, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, yeah, and it's, it's you know, it's imperative that people really have vet money put to the side, because, Yep. Or those, or those cre- charges can add up quick. Yeah, so, or a credit you know, card or something. You know what I mean? Even card, if you yeah. don't have cash, just have a exactly. credit card ready to go where you be can willing say, to be ready to be ready to hand over the plastic. I mean that vet bills can get pretty far and you know, I don't mean to scare you, Evan, but the worst thing that could possibly happen is now, you know, what if the snake needs major surgery? What if she needs to be spayed? I mean, that could be a lot of stuff that you may have to deal with. So, do they, that, do they have any? Telling me, you know, they're gonna. He, he said, a, "Huh?" I was gonna say, do they have any idea why she did that? Uh, no, he he hasn't really said anything. You know, it just he said sometimes I guess it can happen. And you know, I've been asking a lot of people, "Has anybody heard this? Has anybody seen this?" No one's really seen anything like this. So I'm just like, okay. Uh, but uh, so she has her appointment tomorrow, and what they're going to do is uh, he said he's going to put her under, which mm-hmm. will relax her, and then try to palpate them out. If uh, he can't do that, unless, you know, I think like you were saying, Eric, that they're kind of twisted up, then it is surgery. So, you know, it I, is what it is, but like I said, I, oh, it's stressful. I've seen this happen, but it was in a coastal carpet, and – it was like she had the prelay shed, and I'm like, all right, here we go. And then the slugs immediately happened, probably like about a week after that. And I'm like, oh, crap. But she managed to pass them all. I did have to take her to the vet and get her a shot of uh, Pitocin to come home and pass the rest of them. So I haven't gotten as bad as, like, what maybe potentially you're looking down the barrel at, but I have seen very quick turnaround on – Prelay to slugs. Yeah, I had the opposite of what you had. I had it where she wouldn't drop the eggs, you know, and her sheds were all off. So sometimes, like, their sheds, 
you know, if you're not, I, I found that this happened to me one year. I thought it was the prelay shed and it was the pre-ovulation shed. So everything was right. thrown off for me. So I started going into a panic because, well, she should be laying now. She should be laying now. And she wasn't laying, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? You know, I was like, you just calm down and settle down. <laughs> You'll be fine. You- you know? I usually come over um, and like slap you across the face and be like, "Calm down!" Like it's that scene from Airplane where yeah. she's beating up on the woman <laughs> and she's freaking out. Yeah, just like that. But uh, you know, um, yeah, I hope everything works out, man. Um, yeah. For you. And it, it was crazy because her shed seemed to take forever. I mean, she went like blue, like deep blue, and I'm mm-hmm. expecting her to shed. You know, within a week or so, a week and a half. It took her almost three weeks. And then here we are four or five days later, she's dropping eggs. I'm like, wait, what? You know, and everybody's telling me with chondros, man, they, they work on their own. You know, they're they're not like other snakes where you can kind of predict. I think chondros are just like, screw what you think. I'm going to do it like this. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a, it's a learning experience. And even even if my, my whole point right now is just take care of her, you know, get these eggs out. If they're still good, awesome. If they're not, oh, well, I just want her healthy. And go from there. What I've learned, I don't know if you do the same, Evan, but what I've learned is that when I go to the vet, and because I keep detailed notes, like in the beginning, I really wasn't keeping as detailed of notes. But when I was keeping really detailed notes, it was much easier to communicate with the vet and have the vet narrow things down because, you know, I have that information ready to go. So that's why, as silly as it seems, like going into your room and, you know, um, just marking down what the animal's doing, you know, where is it at in the state? Is it off the heat? Is it on the heat? Is it, you know, is it, well, well with chondros, is she, is she perched? Is she not perched? Uh, you know, you know, all these different things like cows her head and as silly as it seems, you know, may kind of give you some insight when situations like this do happen. You know, at mm-hmm. least you can use it as a learning experience. So then next year, you know, when you go to breed, hopefully you go to breed her or go to, you know, go to breed chondros again, you know, you'll, you'll be more prepared not, you know, not to do this or, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that, that helped me a lot because I actually, I have a, a form that I got and I just, I wrote everything down. I mean, even awesome. right before I paired them up. Everything. So when I went in there, he's like, "Oh heck yeah, we need copies of this." <laughs> he's like, "This is this is very good." He's like, "I get," and he told me he's like, "I get dumbasses in here that they had a Burmese that swallowed a, a com- completely swallowed a uh, hot heat blanket." And oh, first of all, God. I was like, I "Why is Burmese anywhere near a heat blanket?" But he said he gets dumb people in there like that all the time, and it's just you know. And I'm over here like I got everything written. It's like here's this, 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 this. She shit here. She shed here. The eggs came this day. Like I have everything, and it was you know that helps keep chart you know on your babies, on all your snakes. Even if I, I feel like even if you're not gonna breed, keep a chart. You know, it's, yeah. it's not hard yeah. to mark down uh, uh, the letter P because she pooped, or you know an S because she shed, or whatever. Because in the long run, if that animal becomes sick at any point in time. It's just going to help you. It helps them. And like you said, it's right. that communication is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my vet asks for the phases of the moon. Um, so I have to call <laughs> Eric. And, <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> I'm going to have to get those from him. 
So, uh, no, that just you know it sounds silly, but I, I don't know, man. It's just like okay, so you're telling me that if like thirty years ago people would have said breed when it snows out, you know what I mean? That people would have been like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. Stop it! Stop it! Stop <laughs> trying to justify it. I'm just, just saying. Just go with it. <laughs> oh man! All right. Oh, that's good, man. Well, I hope I hope I hope it works out for you, man. I hope. Uh... So, yeah. what's the pairing? What was the pairing? It was a, uh, a it was a Jayapura female to a Manipuri mm-hmm. male. Okay. But uh, I will keep right. everybody updated. You know, I find out tomorrow morning. Of course, she goes in early in the morning, and so I'll be posting on Facebook and let everybody know. You know what's going on. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Good luck. You know, man. this is a planning. This is, this is you gotta you gotta have a lot of passion <laughs> and and money to, this, yeah. to deal with some of this stuff because it gets stressful, man. You know, and sometimes you, you know, on, like plan it all. Planning on what? Is Evan? Are you planning on sleeping at all tonight? Like, are you just? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. I, I get up, and, I like, you know, even I, I and that's what that's what was going on when she dropped the egg. I'm getting up at four o'clock yeah. in the morning, and I'm coming in here. I'm I'm shining a flashlight. Is she dropping? Is she, you know, I'm steadily checking. Did yeah. she shed yet? Did she shed? And I'm coming in here like it felt like every thirty minutes, you know, and it was ridiculous. And then when the eggs came, I was like all excited, and then right. you know. Then terror struck, and so I've been, you know, stressing my wife like it's all right. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> so. Oh man. Uh, we both know what you're going through, so we've both been there. So yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully it works out for you. Hey, well, real quick. I'm gonna get off of here and listen to the rest of the show, and yeah. Real quick, I want you just give us an update on uh, Southern Carpet Fest since I got you here. Yeah, <laughs> I was fixing to do that. Uh, um, yeah. There you go. April twenty April twenty ninth, that's a Saturday. Uh Carpet Fest three or Southern Carpet Fest twenty seventeen, however you want to say it. Uh once again it's gonna be a Bill's house. And uh same old, same old, you know, everybody come, have a good time. It's not just about carpets, even though it's called Carpet Fest, it's about the passion for snakes, whether they're king snakes, ball pythons, I know you guys hate that, chondros, berms, <laughs> I don't hot <laughs> You know, whatever lizards. I don't. I, if you got a turtle and you want to come, you know, it, you learn so much. It's good people. It's quality time with good people. You know, and and some of these, some of the uh, quote unquote big names in the business are are you know here to just talk and hang out. And like you guys said before, it's not a, it's not like the shows where you don't get that intimate one on one time because people are trying to make sales. They're talking to customers. You know, you actually get to sit down and hang out with some of these guys and laugh at them when they go upstairs and pass out because they can't handle their drink and cigars and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> God, thank God for Bill's dog because she woke me up before he got there. So, you know, I half my head would have been shaved. I already fully aware of that. <laughs> Eyebrows on. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You better but be on point uh, this year. Probably, uh, there's there's some people that are probably flying in, I think, on that that Friday, that's the 28th, you yeah. know, it's usually the, a couple of us, the core group of us that get together, you know, go out to eat or whatever. And kind of like last year, we just sat out by the pool and hung out and smoked cigars and talked and then Good it times. kicked off on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. So any questions, you know, message me or Bill and 
we can uh, direct you to what you need to know. Okay. Awesome, cool. man. Good luck tomorrow. All right, you guys have a good one. You too. All right, yeah, thanks. good luck, dude. Yeah, that's uh, oh man, I know how he feels. <laughs> yeah, but that unfortunately, it, this is this is snake breeding. This is We're part not of stamp it. collecting. Yes, <laughs> this is part of it. Yep. You know, it, it, this unfortunately, hobby, be be uh, heartbreaking, um, and could be you know. Totally stress-inducing. So, and this is, and again, we picked it. We chose this one. God damn it! So, <laughs> and you know, I can share. I've had good experiences, and then I have had just devastating experiences in that situation. Man, I lost poison ivy. It's just like, what are you going to do? You know, it's just, you know, that was a project that I was, you know, it was like a core project for me, and it's just gone. But it is what it is. You you move on. Luckily, I have babies, and that's you know that's how you go. Um, all right. So yeah. we talked about space caging. I think that the probably a big thing to talk about would be food. Uh, personally, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny when I was when I was moving um, and buying this house. You know, I had to set aside four hundred. $400 a month, I guess, basically, yeah. uh, for food, yeah. for the food bill. Not for me, <laughs> for the snakes. For yeah. them. Right. Um, and that's that's another thing that can be pretty pricey. Uh, I guess the biggest recommendation that I would say is you got to find a, a rodent breeder. Um, yeah. And uh, get in good with them. And, you know. Yeah, see, uh, get, your, get a rodent breeder and stick with that rodent breeder, because that's when you get like cheaper prices, little deal here, little deal there. Um, every once in a while when they're emptying out their freezers, I'll get like a tube of assorted rodents. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> every size I need. <laughs> so, you know, that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've had, a, I've had, you know, I've dealt with the same lady now for, three years I guess three years four years she's she's in Jersey she just does enough to to do certain people you know and uh it works out well I call her up tell her what I need come and get it you know I don't have to pay for that shipping and stuff um but there have been uh yeah over the over the winter though because of for whatever reason, I think it was, move, you know, like moving and stuff. And I needed, I think I needed uh, mice and I needed hoppers. And I was telling you about this, but, uh, right. She, uh, she didn't have what I needed. And I saw this deal that was, I think I got it from, uh, mice direct or American wrote mm. one of those. Um, but I got an email and, and, um, they had, uh, half price. So I got a shit ton of rodents, you know, it was a flat shipping rate and, you know, I got it for half the price. So it worked out well, but, uh, Some of those for the most part, well. yeah, for the most part, I stick with, uh, I just stick with the same, 
same person and, and call it a day. However, Quail, I'm probably going to have to go to Rodent Pro, right? Who else sells Quail? Yeah. Uh, I I can't get Quail beyond a certain size. So, um, and even then, I have to, like, my Rodent guy, a lot of heads up if I'm going to do Quail. I can get chicks, like, no tomorrow, because my Rodent breeder actually is out in Lancaster, PA, so he goes to all the um, farm auctions, and nobody wants baby male chickens, apparently. So he just gets them <laughs> by like the tr- by like the truckload. So uh, um, and uh, but for quail, he's got to go to a special quail breeder, and he's got to give the guy a heads up, and he's got to catch him at the right time. So quail can be hard. Um, I've considered and done rodent pro a few times in a pinch, and some of those rodent shipping companies, uh, the shipping just absolutely murders you. And you end yeah. up getting like half the rodents you could get by going to a supplier at a show. Um, yes. Same amount of money. And that's just, uh, that just kills me. So, nah. And my guys, I, I, I've, I've had it where like every once in a while I'm like, okay, unfortunately you guys are going to have to skip a meal this week until I can get to the show on Saturday. I'll promise I'll feed everybody Sunday. And that's, you know, that's how it works sometimes. You know, that's something that, you know, uh, we should probably hit on real quick is that it's not so much budgeting, but it's more of managing a collection. I find that yeah. what I used to do is that I used to be, you know, I had a hit and miss type of schedule when it came to feeding. Um, and, uh, I found that what happened with that is that I wasn't, I wouldn't realize how much time would go by um, without feeding. So what I tried to do is that I tried to have sort of a set schedule um, because I I, I just, I don't know. I just feel that uh, doing it the other way, I just, I guess I just, you know, you get lazy, I guess, or other stuff happens right. and it's just like, well, I mean, you know what I mean? It's not, it's, you don't have a set schedule. You don't know like what you should be doing for the day. It's like, what I found is that having a set schedule when it comes to your snake collection makes it a lot easier to manage. It's like, okay, today, today's Tuesday. Every Tuesday before the show, I will check on the, I will clean the baby racks and I'll do the quarantine room. And then, you know, that's it. This way I can totally ignore the quarantine room and totally ignore all the babies tomorrow, which is when I quick clean all the adult cages. Um, And then normally what I'll do is tomorrow I'll also empty and clean all the water bowls and let them sit in the cages and dry out and then give everybody water Thursday morning before I go to work. So that's just how you do it. Like every once in a while you walk through, you check stuff out and do whatever. And then feed days are usually on a uh, Sunday. So it's Sunday, you know, right before football, I better make sure that all my rodents are thawing out so that I can go quick feed during halftime. You know, that's how it works out. Right. And even then, though, I'll still find where I'll skip a day, miss a day, something comes up, life freaking happens. So, you know, it's just how it works. But having a set schedule makes it a hell of a lot easier Um and especially keeps everybody on an even keel when it comes to feeds. Even if, you know, 
I feed the babies once a week, but I don't feed the adults once a week. So, you know, that's just how it goes. It's, it, it right. seems a lot easier. Right. Yeah. They used to be a, they used to be a stickler. I had a, in college, I had a huge schedule. I mean, those snakes were on freaking point. You would have been so proud. I wrote everything down. I made sure I was doing everything on like a Wednesday was this, and I made sure that all happened. I wrote it all down in a book. Nuts. I don't know what happened to me. So, <laughs> yeah, what happened, man? <laughs> I don't know. Beaten down by life. I don't know. We'll have to figure uh, something out later. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, and then, you know, there's always the uh, – you know, I guess the cheapest way to do it is to raise your own rodents, but that's a job in itself. <clears throat> Plus, you have to worry about where you're going to do it, the smell, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and with it, that's 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 an entirely new budgetary thing. Yes, it's easier and it's simpler, and you're probably going to save money in the long run. But in the beginning, you got to buy the rodent racks. You got to buy the rodents. You have to figure out what the hell you're doing if you've never bred rodents before. Um, you have to, again, thus, you have to go clean your rodents, which, by the way, you can't clean your rodent room and then go clean your snake room. You could, but it's going to be a lot more interesting. <laughs> yes. Smart thing uh, to do would be the other way around. So now, But, but now what you've done is uh, it, you've done the equivalent of adding an entirely another room of snakes because now you have to go and clean and feed the rodents. So, I would just prefer to have a freezer, which, again, that was something I had to budget into it eventually, because uh, at, when I had one or two snakes, I could buy one or two bags of rodents, keep them in a brown paper bag, and shove them in a freezer, and, like, written all across it was, Mom, don't open, you know what's in here. So, um, <laughs> I... Yeah. My mother didn't shoot me. I mean, we'll figure that out later. But eventually, it, I, the the amount of animals got too big, and I couldn't keep them in that, so I had to go buy a deep freezer. So right. and I I bought my deep freezer from Sears. I got like a top of the line, brand new one, and blah 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 blah. And now, recently, because I was filling that thing up, and it was draining too quick, and it's like, or I was having to play rodent Tetris with all my frozen rats. So, you know, it's right. Guinea pigs, guinea pigs are big and hard to fit in. There was another thing, which is another thing. You're looking at your species and you buy a species and you need to know what its prey items are going to be. They're max prey items. So I buy a python. I know eventually I'm going to have to buy some form of rats. I buy an olive python I'm on guinea pigs right now with those bastards, and guinea pigs probably cost, depending on the size of the guinea pig and what we're doing, but, you know, that's the equivalent of a special large bag of rats. So, and it's, that's only for those two animals. So, uh, wow. something else you had to consider. It's, I yeah, know, they're going to be in a rabbit soon. I'm so proud. So... <laughs> <laughs> You think you're going to get yeah. a clutch this year from them or what? No. 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 They're not no. doing shit. I don't know what they're doing. I'd love to. I would love a clutch from them just because I can say I can have it. Um, I'm hoping that Glitch does his job down in uh, Florida, which DJ has made me all kinds of nervous. 
because KJ's like, I hope you know, I'm going to do maternal incubation. I'm like, but wait, <laughs> no. <laughs> that wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. You knew, you know how I got this python, right? He goes, yeah. Eric's maternal incubation failed. <laughs> this track record with that is not good. So, you know, just, I only have him because of, so, you know, that's, um, now I'm all kinds of concerned. So, oh, that's awesome. But he was, it was cool because um, KJ said he went back and re-listened to the one episode. Um, oh, God, was it Brandon? I forget who did the Mac, uh, who had the Macs. Oh, Lance. Uh, his name? Uh, what's his name? Uh, I want to say Lance. Not Lance. Know, but uh, we suck. The anyway, the one who. I don't know. Why can't we think of this? It's not like we've done this show for five years and we totally get confused with things. And also, the no one's helping us online like they usually do. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I know. The chat's but, quiet tonight. I know. What the hell? Um, but, uh, he's like, I went back and listened to that, and I, you know, they're getting a huge water bowl, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you do know those were glitches, mom and dad, that he was talking about, right? He goes, oh, yeah. I'm like, all right, never mind. So why not? We'll just give this a roll. So um, hopefully Glitch is doing well down there. I would love for all of Python Babies, though, um, just because it would be something interesting, something new, something cool to wander into a Hamburg Reptile show where kind of ball pythons that I'm like it's a woma but you know that's neither here nor there so woma i guess that, python. that that leads us into a project that or a topic that we we're going to hit on what do you think yeah. of uh you know what do you got to think about when you're adding um new projects a new projects this is something that exactly this is something that i have been not very good at and have kind of tried to reel in a little bit. Because for a while there, I was like, cool, bye. And now I got projects. The problem is, is that you got to understand certain things and be aware of certain things. They can be plugged into your existing projects. Like, I'm at a Python. Okay, because then... Like, look at it this way. I probably won't invest in a bunch of IJ projects, okay? Right. I only got the one IJ, and if something were to happen to him, then I have all these other IJs I won't know what to do with. But I will invest in coastal projects because I have enough coastals that if I throw a rock, I'm going to hit four of them right now. So that's how that goes. Um. And I also know that if something were to happen to a coastal, I would be able to find something to plug into it, so it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But that's a different kind of project than I'm going to go pick up a male, female of a completely different species, a completely different thing. It might not even be a python. It could be a boa species. Right. And and then I'm going to breed this. And a lot of times if something happens, like if you lose a male or lose a female or can't get them to breed or something else and you have to change around your conditions or you have to winter over someplace that isn't in your snake room, you're, just, you're compounding problems. You're adding more stuff. So right. 
it's kind of something that, again, some people might not consider, some people might not think of. Um, and it, 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 it's bitten me in the butt a few times where I purchased a pair of animals and either lost the mail or, you know, uh, they grew up, they got big, and the female was a complete and total just bitch. And I'm like, I right, get rid of her hold on to him until we can find a new girl and then he couldn't find a new girl or something else or this deal fell through or you end up selling them both because you can't stand the species. It's like a lot of money, you don't realize it, but like you lose a couple bucks here, there, here, there, here, there. And that adds up after a while. Um, So if you're going to go into a new project, I'm talking brand new project, not just like a new morph. If you're going to go into a new project, obviously do your due diligence know what you're kind of wading into and then maybe before you invest in like breeding pairs see if you can get like a lone female first kind of play around with that toy with it raise it up and then go hunt down the boy if you like it because if you don't like it you're probably going to be very easily able to sell a lone female or something so right so like So I have a couple thoughts on the, the on. cons, the cons of adding a new project. So I think so. I'm going to split it into if you're doing morph stuff, and then uh-huh. if you're doing, um, you know, just pure type of uh, carpets, oh. or even snake or snakes for that matter. It doesn't matter. Um, well, actually, yeah, let's use, you can use something like my Halma hair scrub. Okay. So I have basically, she's 10 year old female. Uh, and probably more than likely she would be able to breed. Uh, I think a few years ago I picked up a male from Rob Stone and, uh, for whatever reason it was doing good. It was doing good. And then it died. Um, just sometimes yeah. happens, especially when you're dealing with wild caught animals. It appeared healthy, everything to see, you know, there was no uh, parasites or stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I don't know what happened. But, you know, when you have a project like that and you're going to do something like that, you know, now that project for you is kind of, sh- for me, is kind of shot. Um, what do I do? It's not like I can just walk down to the next breeder and get. A Halmahara scrub. A Halmahara. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now this project gets put on the shelf. So, you know, I've debated many times, do I send this to somebody? Do I not send this to somebody? You know, I've talked to Rob before about sending it to him. And, you know, so now he has an extra female just because, you know, uh, what, what hopefully they live 15, 20 years, but, you know, uh, towards the end of that, they start to lose that, uh, you know, ability to reproduce. So, right. You know, uh, when you're, when I I guess, I guess what you have to think about when you're, when you're you're doing a project like that, I think white lips would fall into this. Think about your scrub. Didn't you have the coffee else, the coffee else scrub for, for the longest time. You couldn't find a mate. Um, wasn't that. And the same thing is we also had the, um, we had the Aru. We had the Aru scrub, and we had a boy, and it was like the Aru type 2 or something stupid, and everybody kept offering us Aru type 1s. It's like, right. it's not the same. So it's right. like, and that took forever, and we finally 
uh, we ended up selling him because we couldn't find a female to Ryan, who found a goddamn female and is now sending both the male and the female to us. So it's like, hooray. But, um, but you're exactly correct. We're sometimes like that. Like uh, we, we used to grab – the main problem was your was – you're completely correct – was white lips. I mean, we used to grab pairs of blackface white lips and, like, one would die. And you'd be like, all right, well, let's wait for the next one. And, like, we were grabbing – wild caught this and wild caught that and we're having success with one and success with another and we finally got like 2.2 that were old enough ready to roll we picked up some captive born and breads we picked up some adult ones from other people and then we had the the huge trying to make sure see if everyone was compatible and they still wouldn't breed this was a project that we had invested like a couple grand into and was yielding no results so um, that's when I actually decided to scrap both white lip projects and then go back and buy captive born and bred babies and raise them up in house because we spent probably about five years, six years trying to get wild caught juvenile and adult animals to breed where we just spent the damn money on captive born and bred the first year right. we would have had successes like that. It was stupid to me. So, you know, it's a lot of times projects can get overwhelming. And if you aren't taking your time and assessing the situation properly, you could end up spending a ton more money than you ever thought you needed to. Right. So, so sometimes my, my, you know, what happens with a project like that is like, Oh, well, they're not popular. So I'm going to be the guy that produces them and I'm going to be the guy that has them at the show and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, sometimes there's a reason why they're not popular because they might not be yeah. easy to breed. So you got to really research those those type of projects. You can't just buy on a whim and and think that you're going to be, you know, <laughs> you're going to be the successful person. I'm not I'm not saying this, like you can't be, but you know, you got to really think about that. I think about you know a right. project like what's always kind of steered me away from you know not steered me away, but kind of like made me hesitant about pulling the trigger with like a, something like a Boland's Python is that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know? So my, 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 my like what four grand a piece. Yeah. And it's a lot of money for an animal that, you know, what happened? You know, well, not only that, it needs specific, you can't keep that in a standard Python room. Uh, no, and, it needs to have its own computer system and heating systems and everything else. So. Yeah, because it's a totally different type of Python. I mean, you can't think mm-hmm. that you're going to have Boland's Pythons next to your ball Python rack and you're going to be okay. It's just not going to work. Uh, alive, but, uh, right. you know. There's a reason why, you know, they're they're a little bit more tricky to breed. Now, if you're you're re- if your passion is Boland's pythons, then it seems like the guys that are most successful with that that type of species are guys that really kind of just focus on that species. You know what I mean? So they have right. their room is dedicated to that and, you know, maybe maybe they'll add something else that fits into that into that um into that same type of, uh, husbandry. Um, you know, um, 
it's kind of like I'm glad that I have it worked out now where I have my diamond pythons that are not in my regular reptile room just simply because I want to keep them a little bit cooler. Now, I know people that have done that, and, you know, it's hit or miss with eggs. Sometimes they're successful, sometimes they're not. Same with the bread lie. You know, I'm keeping them in the same room. Um, You know, and it's not to say that they'll do bad in, in, in the main room, but it's just a little bit cooler. Um, and I can control the temperatures a little differently than I can if I put them in the, in the other room. Um, but, uh, yeah, you have to be really kind of be careful, um, with what you're adding with what, because, you know, you got to think about the temperatures and the humidity and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, if you put, you know, short tails are a perfect example. If you have a really hot room and you put them in that room, um, they may you may have a hard time with them, um, you know. Right. I had I had one that that died on me not too long ago simply because it got too hot. That's the only thing I can think of when I look at the temperature. You know, it, it spiked up in the room and everything else was fine, but they went wacky and one just didn't make it. Um, so. Yeah. I don't have any heat on those guys for that specific reason. And they're in a cooler part of the part of the room, but um, I don't know. There's just things you have to think about. Um, also when it comes to the morph stuff, what I, you know, what I would say is that what a lot of people do is they'll, they'll add a project, say, I don't know, say you want to, you want to work with granite stuff, you know, granite crosses right. and stuff. You know, what I would recommend is, is that you go and you buy, you know, whether it be a couple females I don't know. Maybe you want to buy two females, three females, you know, but what I did is uh, I, I let's let's back that up. I'll use my albino uh mm-hmm. uh projects. So I got a, right. a zebra, I got a zebra head albino. I got a caramel yeah. head albino. I got a regular head albino. Okay? And then I grew them up a year and then I went and I bought I made a mistake. I bought a jag head albino. And that was the male. But the problem was, is that, you know, I didn't want to, the more and more I thought about it, I didn't want to mess around with uh, possible heads. You know what I mean? So, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just my personal preferences. I didn't want to mess with them. So, I think at the time when I bought the Jag Head Albino, this is a Jag Head Albino. It was a thousand bucks. You know? (laughs) Now they're right. what, like two hundred bucks? Anyway, bucks. yeah, if you're lucky. But I, I bought the yeah. Jag Het, and the following year I just turned around and bought a visual albino Jag, male. So now, you know, in just in this in this thing, I'm able to breed the albino Jag male to the zebra head albino, and I'm able to get you know mm-hmm. zebra albino zebras and albino zebra Jags and all that stuff. Then I bred it to the caramel head albino, which, you know, obviously same type of thing, caramel, caramel, uh, albino jags, that kind of deal. Um, and then just straight albino jags. So, you know, now, now I, I can keep, I can hold back. If I hold back a male, which I did albino zebra jag, now I can breed that back to right. The zebra head albino, which now I could possibly produce super zebras that are albino right or i could bring it to the caramel head albino and i could produce 
caramel zebra jags or caramel uh, zebras that are albino. Um, I know that's kind of mm-hmm. confusing because I'm saying a whole bunch of shit, but that's like how you think out a project so that, you know, now I know, you know, that I can continue to breed those females and that, that those, those females, even though they're just het albinos are, you know, they're valuable because I can in turn breed back that, that, you know, that offspring. Now, if I get a caramel, uh, zebra, jag, albino, I can turn around and I can breed it back to the zebra again. And you know what I mean? You can just keep putting it on. That's why I always, I, me personally, I always try to keep the jag on the male side and the female, right. no jag. Um, right. That, well, that's, just, that's just stuff that you learned by, by doing where, you know, it, 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 you, you weren't going to realize that until you had purchased the animals and realized no. it was upcoming from the next scene. So, yeah, I mean, that's just how that would go. But obviously, you plan your projects out. Like I, our uh, boys, with the exception of the caramel head exanic girl, because right. I wanted her to have a year or so under her belt before I made my own caramel head exanics, which I'm hoping to do this year. So, at the same time. Right. So. Well, yeah. Idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I pretty much did that with the recessive stuff. Of uh, I did it with granite. Yeah. I did. You know, the other thing you can think about too, and this is just something else. If so, say you want to do pure stuff and you want to do uh, cross stuff. When it comes to albino, if you go and buy a head mm. albino female, that's a Darwin. That's pure Darwin. Uh, and then you have that same zebra head albino and that same caramel head albino. You could, if you go and buy a pure Darwin albino male, you could breed that male and you could get pure albino Darwins. And then you could also mm-hmm. get crosses where you're going to produce, you're going to have the best of both worlds. Um, you know, so that's something you can think about as well. Uh, and what you can, uh, do with your projects but you know that's the i guess that's the bad thing is like you know so i was super super excited the passion is going i'm you know i'm gonna just get this i'm gonna get that i'm gonna get that you know blah 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 and i'm Mm i wasted a lot of money i did that well you got my what my jag heck yeah (laughs) you know what i mean i got the zebra jag i got the jag head granite uh which i traded to julie um uh, should have nabbed up your brettles, the head stripes. After I convinced you to get rid of those, but you know that was neither here nor there. But well, yeah, that was a that was another project that you know again it wasn't until Owen came over and it's like, what are you doing, man? And it's like I had these head stripes. I have head stripe. I have a head stripe pair, and I had uh, a trio of stripes. What the hell do you need the heads for? And I'm like. Uh well I bought them from you know a while ago and then Nick had these for sale so I bought these and it's just like no nah, I didn't think you know when I did that you know it was I I just I I purchased something on a whim you know it's like oh I want brettles yeah. you know so I went out and I got brettles and beautiful snakes but at the same time like when space is is limited that's that's not smart when, when space is limited you have 
stripe brittles, why do you need het stripe brittles? You don't. <laughs> you know. You don't. But, uh, but yeah, but the I mean the pros of adding a new project is you just get super excited about that project. You know you what do. I mean? Like and it also, just pumps you up. And also adding a project like that you know you're gonna have success with, like uh I'll pick up a pair of corn snakes if they catch my eye or a pair of king snakes because I know I can breed king snakes. I can breed corn snakes. Those I'll pick up a pair of because screw it. I got this. You know, it's not like that. And then I made the, I went and got the Taiwan uh, Blue Beauties. And because right. I'm like, they can't be that far off. They're so different than a king snake. So um, <laughs> they are, they are so different. They're uh, bad. I love them. But it's like, you justify these things. All right, I can breed king snakes, and I've dealt with white lips. How bad could these things be? So it's like that's how I go. Um, right. But, you know, there, there are times where I've totally messed up. I had 2.2 spotted pythons, and I couldn't get them to do shit, ginormous and fat, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but, you know, and that's just what you, what you do. I mean, right now I got the Timor python. I got one female Timor python. <laughs> And I love her to death, but she does these quirky things every once in a while. Like, she shits everywhere and flips over a water bowl, and uh, she regurgitated once or twice, and uh, she's must on me at once. It's like, I'm starting to see the downside of your species, and I'm not sure if I really want to invest in a whole bunch of you. So, it, it, and that's just where we are. So Right. Well, again, there's a reason why they're not popular, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, it wasn't just I'm gonna hang on to her. You know, this is this is something that people have me and Rob have talked about this a lot, but this is something that people have to think about as well. Like you go and you buy these rare type of species, you go to a reptile show and you think you're gonna sell them because you're the only guy that has them and sometimes that works out, but I would say you would probably agree with me, Owen, ninety nine percent of the time that's not the case. Because people aren't coming in looking for that kind of thing. And then when you exactly. got, you know, like the, you come in and you got a water python on the table. Yeah, it's a Queensland water python. Uh, yeah, I don't really care. It's just a brown snake. You know what I mean? While you're competing with, you know, even if you're competing with a chondro, you know, or jungle carpet or any kind of ball python, it's just like, huh. And then people are like, well, why do they only have these things that shows and like all you ever see is ball? Cause that's what sells. And then the well, same people that ha- bitch about it aren't coming in and buying that stupid water python. Exactly. You know what I mean? So what happens is, <laughs> what happens is, is that you have a water python and you get everyone's freaking attention with the water python. So everybody's like, what the hell is that? They're all checking it out. They've never seen something like that before. You tell them what it is. They're like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Then, you show it to somebody, and the water python acts like a water python. It bites something or freaks out a little bit or hits there with his mouth wide open. And everybody's like, man, that thing is crazy, and then they walk away. It's like, because that's not what they yeah. want. They don't Absolutely. Want. It's interesting. But what they came here for is their generic boa, ball python, or whatever they're looking for. you got to hope that you have somebody who's got the same kind of mindset as you where – they're come, they come walking in and they see the water python. And those are the people that you don't have to explain what it is. 
You know, if, if I were to be having, if I were to breed my water pythons, which unfortunately I'll probably end up trying to next year, and I and I don't know why I'm doing this because I hate her and she's an evil, evil animal. But I'm gonna throw my beautiful boy in there with her and hope he doesn't get like, I don't know, eviscerated. But anyway, um, the is that I I I know I'm not gonna sell pythons to people who have no idea what they are. It's going to be the guy who comes walking in and goes, holy crap, water python. That's the guy who's going to buy them. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, Terry just posted over in the chat, and um, he said that the same thing that I'm saying. You get, you get a, He gets a lot of people, which are usually vendors who appreciate the Ridley eye and the rhinos, um, but the general public uh, doesn't come in looking to purchase one of them. You know, we saw that with Rob. You know, we were at we were at Tinley, and I can't tell, tell you how many freaking morons. <laughs> yeah, how many people stopped by, and like uh, you couldn't get anybody to pull the trigger because they're like, uh, I don't know. But everybody looked at that animal. Everyone which, looked at it. Everybody was like, Oh my God, they're gorgeous! And holy crap! Before, yeah. By the time I was like, but you know, it's but but and, well, I'm losing you. Are you moving around again? Is your, no, is your arms failed? Damn it. You keep going in and out. Yes. All right. Sorry. I'm animated when I talk. Jeez. I can't hear you. <laughs> Why? I can only hear parts. Go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, it, that's just the part of the thing. That's not what they were looking for. It intrigues them, but it, it wasn't on their list. They may become people that put them on their list, but not a general public people. I lost you. Damn it. I, all I heard was general public. General public ad. Going good. I'm going to start like, <laughs> speaking like that. Ah, there you go. It, it, general, the general public isn't going to be invested in that. They may become invested in it, but not off the bat. They need to look at it. They need to learn what it is. They need to go home and Google. So. Yeah, it's it's <clears> – <throat> I mean – you know, this is kind of why I don't prefer shows. I prefer selling on the internet simply because I, I like going to shows like Tinley. And when I go to a show like that, I look at that as, well, also, just as a side note, that's something that you have mm-hmm. to budget for as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, shows. Going to a yeah. show costs money. And probably well, the first, what, five shows, you, you run the possibility anything, but... where you're not going to get anything. Because no, who's going to come and buy from you that they don't know you? But I think once you're True. consistent, people are going to start to know you. They'll feel comfortable with you. They talk to you at the show. They'll come up. So don't mistake what I'm saying as like if you're, if you're into rhino rats that you shouldn't breed rhino rats and you shouldn't have them at a show and da-da-da-da-da. But you have to understand that – you may not sell that at a show, but if you go to no. shows and you do shows that, and you and you do it smart, and you're doing like the bigger shows where, and now you've developed a name like, oh, you know, you know, either whether it's Rob or it's Terry or whoever, you know, they're they're like, okay, if I want Rhino Rats, then I know where to go. This is where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to these guys, and you know, these are the guys that they know what they're doing when it comes to this species. 
They're super into mm-hmm. it. If I have a problem down the road or a question, I'm going to be able to contact yeah. them. They're going to be able to help right. me because they're into the species. So, you know, and something that I took from Keith when we were there is that, you know, going and showing off your adults and your animals. So you got to look at a show as you're sort of making uh, – it's sort of like an investment um, that it, it hopefully is. will pay for itself down the line. And the also the thing is that you're not hitting on is that it, it, going to a show isn't cheap. I mean, you got to consider – now, there's always the people that are there with, like, desk lamps on blocks of wood with all their animals and deli cups. And that's um, not really the best way to go. Uh, you might make a few sales, but you also aren't going to look very professional. You're going to look like a dumbass, and it, it's just not going to go well. So the first thing you got to do is you got to get displays. You got to get tablecloth. You got to get business cards. Then you got to sign up for the show. Then you got to do all this other crap. It, it, it can be pretty expensive. A normal thing of acrylic displays is $300 right there. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you get the business cards, which is like, I don't know, you can get like a bunch of those printed for like 50 bucks. But the table fees are uh, 75 to the bigger shows, which are 100 something. Um, there's a lot that goes into shows. So yeah. it's like for the first, my first season breeding, I literally took an entire clutch of babies and wholesaled them. And it uh-huh. was the coastals to jungles, uh-huh. uh, coastal jungle to the, co- and I took all that money and I actually bought my acrylics with that money, which is allowed me to go do the show shows. And then I had those acrylics until I broke them myself. So, yeah, I've heard on some podcasts where they say you have to have like you know spend five thousand dollars for your table display. I call bullshit Holy on that. Holy crap! You know, yeah, it's like bucks. like come on, man. Like seriously, I mean, you have to have so you know if you're gonna do a show, obviously you have to have something to put the snakes in. You know, you yeah. have to have some kind of lighting so people can see the snake. Uh, uh, and you have to have some kind of way of, you know, uh, you know, packing the snake up when they go to buy it. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, the more professional you look, the better off you're going to be in the end. But, this, you know, I True. don't know. I, I just but, but I hear can, sometimes. But you can cut corners with that shit. I mean, obviously, you use the same deli cups and the same bags to pack up a snake at a show that you would use for shipping an animal. Holy crap, you just spent money. You just saved money there. You buy the acrylics, and now there are so many different companies that sell the tiered acrylics to the towers to everything, and you don't necessarily have to get them all at once. You get start with the tiers, and then if you make a couple sales, you can probably buy a tower. And then after you make a couple of sales, you can start buying, bringing adult stuff, like buying the adult displays and bring them. And that's it. Right. That's all you need. Right. Um, and then, like I said, as long as you keep using the same stuff over and over again, like don't have, have one big bulk of business cards. Again, there's so many websites that print business cards and they have deals all the freaking time. You yeah. can buy like a huge box and then never run out ever. Um, and so even though some people might take your business cards and burn them, you'll still have enough. <laughs> so, yeah. Or hide their business cards around your house. Um, it's uh, you, you, you can do a lot. I basically would say 
five thousand is really high. I'd say you could probably get a really nice table display uh, for probably close to a thousand, and that's including lights, packing displays, tablecloths, business cards, and acrylics. Yeah. Yeah, but even with that, I mean, the first time I did a show was Tinley, and I didn't have acrylics. I borrowed yours. So yeah. it can be done. You, learn, you know what I mean? It but can be done. And, and also, when I was – oh, go ahead. I mean, when you know people, it's like uh, it, sometimes people upgrade. Like Balin upgraded his acrylics and sold his old ones. I'm trying right. to sell my old ones, but they're the the busted. But, you know, that's – you can move up the line. I bought one of my acrylics used from somebody. It worked out. So there, there are other ways to get around it. And, of course, you you get started, and then you do what every other company does. You reinvest in your company and yourself as you make sales. Right. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the most important thing you could probably do for budgeting your stuff. So as you have money coming back in, I always look at mm-hmm. it as like, all right, let's say that for my whole entire snake collection, let's say I spent $20,000, which is not right. that. <laughs> that's not that at all. Not true. <laughs> but I spent $20,000, you know, I spent another $10,000 on equipment, you know, it's $30,000. So until I hit that $30,000 mark, I'm just going to keep, I'm not looking at it as like, oh, this is just, you know, to me, it's just snake money. So now, I have this, you know, it's not, it's, it's paying for itself, so to speak, you know, and over time, eventually, yeah, I will finally turn a profit once, you know, those animals are, um, you know, because they, they produce clutches every year or, you know, you know what I mean? And, you know, you have to think about, um, what happens, you know, if you can't sell them, you have to be prepared. I mean, we've talked about this many times. But you have to be prepared that either – I guess you have a couple options. You just sit on them, right? Eventually, mm-hmm. they'll sell, hopefully. Uh, two, right. you can wholesale them, uh, you, know, um, you know. But like uh, with the morph carpets and stuff, with the way that the prices came down and blah, blah, blah and all this, it's like, you know – I don't know. To me, I'm more patient when it comes to that. I'm willing to to sit on what I got. You know what I mean? Right. My, my pairings are specifically, you know, mapped out. Uh, this is what, you know, I specifically want to do. So I'm prepared to see. And, and more than anything, it's just selfish for myself because I don't want the good one to go away. Like the one that I right. told Chris Salemi that I know I'm going to regret. The Citrus Tiger what, Head the Albino. Tiger, the tiger head yeah. Albino? Yeah. I know I'm going to regret that one. I know for a fact like, that I will regret he's, he's that. He's like, I love how he's up there. He's like, I got these from Eric. I'm like, oh, my God. Others, other ones escaped. I'm like showing mine the pictures of the other two. I'm like, uh, look, freedom for others. They got out. So it's like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, he, but, you're, you're going to regret those two. That was that yeah. was how, what the hell was going through your head? But so. I have so many of them, you know. So here's the other thing. This is another thing that mm. I learned actually from listening to, uh, I think it was Mark Mandic that that said this, and he's a ball python guy. But um, okay, I, but he said that uh, when he sells an animal, and I think it was him. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 
sell an animal, and yeah, it may be you may have lost it and wished you would have kept it and all that. But now mm. that pretty animal is out promoting for you, right? Yes, it's the so pride like, of someone else's collection. Yep, correct. And are like, oh shit! Do you see that that tiger that Chris Salemi has? Oh man, where would he get that from? Oh, he got that from Eric. Holy shit! I gotta get right. one of them. You know what I'm saying? How that so that works. Yep. yeah, and that's you gotta look at that too. I mean, and so you can't keep everything. And every once in a while, you you, you gotta let you know Sometimes some of that go. So yeah. Um, yep. Sometimes a good one gets away. But, you know, that's the other thing is that you still have the parents. So, you know, yeah. next time you breed, you breed it again, and then if one comes out looking like the ones that you sent to Chris, maybe that's the one you sit you keep this time. So, Right. Yeah. So I guess all in all, uh, you know, it's a lot of info, I guess, there for, uh, you know, managing what you're doing, and hopefully we helped. Um in uh, some t- in some way, uh, so you don't make the same mistakes that I made or Owen made, or we did. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, the the important thing and what we're trying to like you know pass on to you guys, the listeners, is that um, plan things out and take your time. And, yeah, be patient. You know, obviously, be patient because I know everybody wants to get the animal right now, and uh, you know, obviously. You, you should always go and pursue the animals you want, but, you know, if, if you lose one for one season, don't worry. Somebody will recreate it next season. And also don't just try to see if you can save a couple bucks now because um, you might be slitting your throat for later. So, like, uh, trying to save money on cages that you buy off Craigslist for, like, 120 bucks. Instead of spending the 200 bucks on a brand new cage from a company you really like, you know, obviously, you know what to do, and don't sell yourself short here. So, right, make invest. If you're going to be in this for the long haul, make investments for the long haul. At the end of the day, have fun. God damn it, just have fun. God damn it, have fun. (laughs) The whole point of this is fun. Damn it. (laughs) But I would say, if you're patient. I've seen this time and time again. You got this this person that comes in, and they are hard and heavy, man. They are hard and heavy. They're buying everything they possibly can. Boom, 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 boom. And you're sitting back, and you're like, oh, man, all I have is this. What the hell? How am I ever going to compete with this person? You get a little jealous. You get a little this, whatever. You know, your emotions Uh kick up. And guess what? Nine times out of ten, that person is out. Before those animals are even breeding. Yeah, and you if you me off because you were the tenth. But anyway, that was you know. <laughs> if you stay with it, and you be patient, I see these guys. They grow their collection slow, you know, just over time, just chipping away at it. You know, I'm going to add this. I'm going to add this, and they've waited here, until they get could get a top notch hatch. Right, uh-huh. and now, you know, somehow they've amassed a collection over the, you know. 10 plus years that I've been back doing this that, you know, is amazing. Yeah. You know, so it's, and that's how it works. I mean, we've always had, uh, I think on MP, it was like, you could spot the burners. The front, that's what Howard and I used to call them. Cause like they would come on and they would just flame out. 
they're always the guys who bought like three or four animals of high extreme value. I mean, like the first year zebras were produced in the, in the United States. I made sure I was right there to get this one. And I also got these head albinos coming in too. And it's like, Jesus Christ, where's this money coming from? And they were always the people that it wouldn't be like, this is my zebra. And isn't he pretty? It was, this is my zebra. He was produced by so-and-so from this and this pairing with that and that person. It's like, Jesus Christ, I don't need an animal resume every time. So it's like, <laughs> like, and it was, you heard the breeder's name that produced it more than the guy who owned its name. So that's where it went. And those people, I don't think any of them are around. And yeah. it's like, you can almost, and it, and it got to a point where you can almost pick them out. It's like, yep. cause you re, you start spending a ton of money and you buy a shit ton of animals. And then either the first season comes around for breeding and it doesn't work out or they spent a ton of money on a few animals and they didn't spend the money on the caging and something happened and a bunch of animals got sick and they lost a few of their couple thousand dollar animals and bailed out. Um, a few of them were only buying a ton of animals because they had rich investors who realized that, hey, the money wasn't coming in like you said it was going to and had to pull out. So it, it, there's a lot of thing about slow and steady. I mean, uh, I did not buy my first pair of caramels. I did not buy them. Uh, I was not their first owner. Uh, they were produced by Paul Harris, and they were imported into the country for Chris Proctor, who, if anybody has read Reptiles Magazine, he wrote the article on breeding the albino carpet python because he was the first guy in the United States to do it. Um, and he used that money from those purchases to buy uh, caramels. And he also bought, uh, you know, uh, he spent a ton of money on, on albino stuff, this, that, and the other thing. But his albinos were Darwin IJ albinos. So, of course, he's, you know, he had some big investors and all this other stuff. And the market really wasn't really taking off like they expected it to. Because on the horizon were pure <laughs> Darwin albinos. So, he eventually sold a bunch of his stuff and kind of, got out of it and I got his caramel carpets for probably way lower than I ever should have. Um, but I was patient. I didn't rush off and spend two grand on caramels and, uh, got them for a right price and right thing. And they've been the cornerstone of most of my breedings for the past. God damn it. How long have I been doing this? I don't know. Four years, <laughs> six years, 10 years. Either way. So it, this is how it works. Right. You gotta slow down, you know, take your time. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh I think we did Holy it. crap, it will be ten years soon. My first clutch of my first clutch of carpet pythons was in two thousand ten. Oh. Uh oh. Oh my god. Oh god. I'm old like you. Anyway. Um <laughs> two thousand ten, huh? Yeah. My first carpets were twenty twelve. Jesus. Wow. <clears throat> Jesus. All right. You ready That's to enough. call it? You done? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Done. Let's wrap it up. All right. I got to I got to get up early so I can go to your place and get a shipping box. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Uh True story. all right. <laughs> Please check out our Facebook page, Morelia Python Radio. Uh give us a like. Um 
You can also follow us on Twitter at Morelia Python. Um, you can check out our website at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. If you have a question or a comment, shoot us an email at info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, the Northeast Carpet Fest is June 3rd. It's going to be in Warminster, PA. Uh, similar to uh, what Evan was talking about earlier with the Southern Carpet Fest. Uh, for info on that, you can follow us at uh, www.carpetfest.net. Uh, I still have some 2017 Morelia Python Radio calendars available. A few left. Getting, it's getting low. Grab them. Uh, <laughs> my Grab PayPal is BurkePhila, B-U-R-K-E-P-H-I-L-A at gmail.com. 15 bucks inside the U.S., 20 outside the U.S. Uh, if you have questions or anything like that, just shoot me a message on Facebook uh, or you can email me at the emails I said. Um, just be sure to include where you want me to ship it to. Uh, in the uh, PayPal. <laughs> wait, wait, that was happening? <laughs> Guys, sometimes it does. That, that better not happen. Come on. Yeah, sometimes it does. I anyway. believe in you. Just, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, it's an awesome calendar. You know, I was thinking, this is an idea mm. that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year, what if we had mm. two, cal- two calendars? One for Why? carpets and one for conjures. I don't know. You could just have more in it. No, that's no. If we wait, well, if we're gonna do a conjure thing, does that mean we don't have a conjure thing in the other one? Yes. Like we don't have a conjure category. Correct. But what about the uh, guys from? All right, we can do it, but only if we talk to uh, the guys from GTP Keeper. Because they, yeah, because if we do it with them. And we kind of like have a joint judging and such and all that other jazz with them. Maybe we come on one of their episodes and announce the GTP Keeper calendar. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah. How many calendars? I don't want to step have on them? their toes. I don't know. Yeah, I know. What you how mean. many calendars? I'm just saying. How many, how many calendars would you have? Would you have two calendars, one in each side of the snake room, one with carpet, one with chondro? Yes, you would. Of course, you would. That's a stupid question. Anyway, yeah, I, I probably would normal would. people do it. I mean, probably not. Normal I don't people know. do it. So, I mean, just the reason one. the reason I say that is because when I was going through all the pictures of the uh, mm-hmm. entries, there's a lot yeah. of awesome Condor shots condos that aren't getting love. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, well, unfortunately for them, sickness came in and kind of shot everything to pieces. So, you know. And Bill won, so he's out of it for the next coming year. So if you're a Condra person, hold hope because you you might get next one. Of course, if if Dave D enters again, you guys are all screwed. So, um, <laughs> but well, anyway, it was just a thought. I don't know something I was it's thinking about. We'll we'll talk about. Hey, if you guys want us to do two calendars, one with Condra, one with carpets, let us know on any of the Facebook pages. Or you guys can just get in spam Eric's Facebook wall and just throw it out there. So. <laughs> Plus, when we throw these questions out at the end, we find out if who's listening. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is true. See? So basically, Rob, Rob is the only one that's listening to us right now. <laughs> Hi, Rob. So, you know, yeah. 
Rob will be like, I think so. It's like, thank you, Rob. So. Good idea. Um, and then myself, E.B. Morelia, ebmorelia.com. Uh, my email is Eric at E.B. Morelia. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, all under E.B. Morelia. If you want to see what I got going on, go over and check it out. That's all I got. All right, you ready for this? You can go to rogue-reptiles.com, or you can go and find Rogue Reptiles at facebook.com. Guess what's going on right now, and that's a sale. I've reduced prices on a lot of the babies I still have left because I'm trying to make room for the supposed 2017 babies. So right now we have a bunch of animals that are on for sale, and I'm not going to have that many left because a lot of people have been jumping all over them all day. So if you wanted to jump on to the Facebook page, there are caramels, tigers, stripes, caramel jags, super caramels, and super caramel jags. Go ahead and jump on there. Let me know what you're interested in, and we'll get you set up. Currently, I have a show that I'm going to, and that is the Oaks Show, February 4th in Oaks, Pennsylvania. I won't be vending, but I can't. I will be attending and can deliver babies to that. Then I also be going to the Hamburg Reptile Show, which is, I believe, the 24th of February. I don't know. It's in there somewhere. Uh, I'll let you guys know when we get closer, um, and we'll go from there. That's all I got. So what we're going to say is good night, everyone. And we'll catch you all back here for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night.